So how does an accomplishment-driven leader effectively use programs? Find out. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to season six of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, founder and CEO of Students Matter. In season six, I am once again delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, two of my favorite humans, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We are focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, I explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, when we began the roundtable and Kathy and Penny joined me, we continued exploring ADL, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In our last season, season five, we explored this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. And now we've arrived at season six, we're going to use our thinking as accomplishment-driven leaders to tear apart one of the most damaging aspects of the status quo, looking at everything, doing everything through a deficit lens. In fact, it's so destructive, I think it's driving people in droves to go find a new line of work. Together, let's tear it apart, learn to think through the great work we must all do, but shift it away from deficit thinking. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Join us and take a listen. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each educator that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Good morning. Welcome to The Wheelhouse. This is episode seven of season six, and we are once again in the middle of the cold and chilly, dark winter morning. Good morning, my friends. Kathy Money and Penny Brockway, welcome to The Wheelhouse. Good morning. Good morning. Happy winter. Like, it's starting to get a little lighter, though. I mean, we're on we're, we're on the right track. It's Spring is coming. Spring is coming. Yes. All of the outdoor furniture, everything is in the stores already. Is it? I was there last night. Yes. I was in a home improvement store last night and I I was like, look at this. Spring is here. That's well, super I'm, exciting. I'm, I'm getting mine out today. And I'm going to put it in that 12, that bank of snow that's out there. Do and it. We'll just, we'll just yeah. wait for it, right? I think it's all mindset, right? I, I think know it what is, we, yeah. we got to do to make it through. We need a spring mindset, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Spring mindset. So, we're, you know, all over the country, we've been kind of in a little bit of a deep freeze. And, of course, that means something differently depending on where you are. So uh, anyway, welcome to the wheelhouse again for episode seven. You know, in our last two episodes, 
you know, we kind of been dancing all over the place this season in a really cool way around, you know, this whole idea of deficit thinking and stopping, right? Quit thinking about everything from a deficit lens. And we've, you know, we we are leaving nothing unturned as we go through this this season um, from continuous improvement plans or whatever you want to call them in your state to valuation systems to you name it we've we've talked about it we've even talked about in the last couple of episodes how this whole deficit way of thinking doesn't even leave people out of it right we are we use a deficit lens when we think about our colleagues when we think about children sadly that was last week's episode so today I just thought it'd be kind of fun, tongue-in-cheek, but yet super serious to talk about this, you know, what happens, what's the what's the knee-jerk reaction, and what are we actually even encouraged to do when we look and continue to look at things from a deficit lens, and, you know, we slap a program on it. We, so many programs. <laughs> So many programs, so little time, mm. right? Maybe that should be the title of this episode. I think you got it. You better write that down. I better write that down so I remember, right? And we are not, we are not slamming any specific program. This is not about talking about a specific program and saying, this one's terrible. That's not what, this wheelhouse does not do that. We're not, we're not interested in doing that. But this idea, this idea of, what can I purchase to solve all my problems that I've identified from a deficit lens? If we really think about it, it's not getting us anywhere. What's and wrong with that? I think we that? do that because we're just there, we're so desperate to, yes. to help, right? And it's not about doing it because there's any kind of ill motive. It's just simply we we're at a loss in so many ways that, okay, this will do it because we look at it in that deficit lens around, they're so behind, there's so much we have to do, there's no way we can catch up. Let's just, you know, put it often, you know, a technology, let's, let's put them on a iPad or a little Chromebook or whatever and, and slap a program on there. And I think it speaks loudly to the deficit model of the adults that are working in the system because it says, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the understanding, you're not the expert. Some purchased box from a company out there that I can buy knows us better and has more expertise than you who have spent your entire careers, right? Or maybe the beginning of your career with all kinds of great things to attempt and try. And I am all about professional learning, <laughs> whole different conversation, but let's buy a box and unpack it and replace what we know to be what our children need, um, or assume that it has some magic in it that we as a group of educated professional, intelligent people don't know about our children, right? That it has that magic powder that we can't find. And I think then it it, it replaces the power of the, in, the intellect of those in the group, right? Of the team that's working together. So interesting you say that, Penny, because when Grant and I first met, um, that, that was kind of the, um, the belief of the 
those in in charge um, because staff turnover was real, right? It still is. You know, we have a shortage, mm-hmm. um, at least in our state. I do believe across the country, education is just a tough, tough field and and tough to get people to to believe in in coming into it for whatever reasons. And the belief was if we buy a program, it doesn't matter who we hire they can simply turn the page, right? They all can read. They can read and they can follow along. And if they do that, then we'll we'll be good. The kids will, you know, students yeah. will learn and it it doesn't matter. And I'm just gonna tell you it did it did matter. It does matter. It, right. it, it didn't and it didn't work out. No. And it's mm-hmm. the it's the epitome of a catch 22 because as a intellectual professional who understands the practice, why do you want to go work in a place that doesn't value that, that doesn't want your voice, that doesn't hear your voice, that doesn't use what you have to bring to the table? It replaces it with a box. I think, you know, I think Kathy, what you guys are saying, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're, we're talking about this in this episode today. You know, there is an element of desperation, right? Mm-hmm. And that comes about because these educators care deeply about what's going on and what's not going on. So we have to compliment them. We have to compliment them on the fact that we care so deeply about whatever the issue is that we've uncovered, right? Oh my gosh, right? You know, 80% of our kids are not not reading it, whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever the issue is. You know, we uncover it and we go, oh, it's horrible, right? And we educators are, are, you know, I mean, I know that the three of us have taught processes about how to slow this down, right? How to slow this thinking down. And I, I'm sure we all still use them, right? Because you show an educator something that's bad and they, you know, they immediately, because they care, right, want to fix it. They want to fix it. And the easiest way to fix it is to grab something that somebody else has thought through and that someone tells you will solve all their all your problems, right? Um, you know, the, the, you you look at you look at program X, and it'll you know guaranteed one hundred percent to do da 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 right. And so you go, oh, solved, right? Solved. And so you find the funds somehow, you know, um, you know, a lot of state departments of education actually encourage this way of thinking. So they make funds available for you, for you to do something like this and just grab onto something. Right. But often, often I'll argue, we don't really even know what caused the, the, the horrible thing that you're looking at. Right. We just see the symptom. We see the symptom. Oh my gosh, this is terrible right? Our kids can't read or our kids can't do this or can't do that. And so we don't, we don't explore cause. We don't, we don't, we just grab onto something, right? But the problem is we don't usually grab onto one thing. We grab onto one more and one more and one more and one more. And part of the reason I'm going to just throw this out there is part of the reason why teachers are so fried is because we kept throw we keep throwing mm-hmm. New thing, new programs, new initiatives, new things at them. We're constantly, you know, just when you think you're in the groove on something and you figured out how to use whatever it is that we're talking about, because we're not naming any of those things, right? Then some somebody with more authority comes in and says, "Oh, never mind. We're going to use this one now." 
Yep. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. You barely get two inches into it, right? Unpacking the box, barely two inches in. And it's hard. It is hard, hard, hard work because you have to assimilate it all the way through your system. And it's not working like you thought it was going to. But you're only two inches in. Yeah, throw it away. Let's grab something else. And I mean, it's exhausting for for building leaders, you know, when you think and for classroom teachers when, you know, the at the district level, new initiatives, new programs are are purchased and launched and here we go again. And now we got to figure this piece out in limited time to engage in that professional learning. I mean, it's just such a vicious cycle. It's going back to what you said, Grant, like just slow down, slow your roll a little bit. Usually what I'm saying, like just slow your roll and let's really look at what dig deep as to what's going on. We often will talk about and with the team that I'm privileged to work with, you know, when you think about an expert in the medical field, we really want to diagnose what's going on. And so you don't just go to a, a general practitioner and think that, okay, all is well. No, we got to dig deeper and deeper until we truly figure out what's causing all of these symptoms. And so how do we apply that same kind of thinking and practice as educators? And if I haven't run into that core problem before, or I have, but I've kind of been like, ooh, I don't know, breeze over, brush aside, pretend like that might not be it. I mean, yeah, me too, right? Like, I don't know anything about that. That depth of learning to understand that that is a slow roll as much as you want that to be like, I turn that around on a dime. It can't be. And so that is, it's very hard, deep, hard work. And, you know, then we talk about the system of professional learning and that's not supportive of that deep, hard work, the way it's usually designed across our country. It's hard. We, absolutely. And we are, we are, you know, this, this episode is not about, you know, um, demonizing programs uh it's about it's about it's about demonizing this deficit way of looking at things and thinking that you just grab something or a bunch of somethings to solve your 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 issue right i think i said this a long time ago and i said you know if 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 you're if your building or district is in trouble academically you teach your way out of the problem you don't program or intervention your way to to success. I was just recently doing an entree, one of my entree protocol meetings with a new district that I'm working with, and we were talking about, you know, so talk, you know, talk talk to me about your, you know, because I'm going to be providing you professional learning. So let's talk about what professional learning you've done in the last three to five years, right? Where 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 are you? And they literally said to me, we have. Our professional learning has been limited to simply how to use the programs and softwares and things that we have purchased. We have not done any professional learning in this district for teachers that has not directly been, you know, about how to use something, right? We purchased X, here's how to use it. And I thought, wow, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, learning that's missing 
right? There's a you, you, your teachers are missing out on a, a lot of really good support if your professional learning, if it's done right, right, is has been limited to just how to use X, right? How to use X, how to log into into Y. But wow, okay, well, I mean, that's that's telling, and it's defeating as a professional. It's defeating right. as a human to think that you, when we, we've had conversations about valuing our, our staff are the humans that are electing to work with us and alongside us. They have a, they have a choice and they choose that as this, you know, just as much, if not more that we choose them. And what does that mean to value them as intellectuals, value them as professionals and it, we it it removes all of that. Mm-hmm. So if I am not looking at each of my my staff members to think about what what are their strengths, what are their opportunities for growth, and be able to really build into the you know live into those for the, with them, um, we're not showing that we we trust them, that we value them. And why would I want to then continue to choose to? to come alongside you to do this work. And I think they their ability to recognize and trust that when they do struggle, as each and every one of us does, that I, no one's giving up on me like we might give up on the program that we throw out the door when it didn't work, right? Like someone's, someone understands me well enough to know, woo, this, this is where I need the support and this is where I need the help to move that, that they can take a risk and try something that they might in and of themselves believe they're not very good at. But if I take the risk and someone supports me, that's a win for the kids sitting in my room or the kids in my building or the kids. And so, you know, when, when it's grab something, doesn't work in two seconds, throw it back out, grab something different, you start to feel like that's what you are too. You're that disposable as well um, when your whole system feels that way. And I think it's a timely conversation for us in the world of AI. You know, mm-hmm. I I can easily type in what I I want a, a lesson plan for. What does that look like? I mean, taking the thinking completely away and what that means. So as we see more and more of these possibilities or AI coming into our spaces, it's really about honoring us as as humans as people that can think that can process that know the students that know them at such a deep level that we can make those decisions with or without I mean because we pro, again back to what Grant has said there there are some amazing programs out there mm-hmm. that we use we use pieces the most gifted educators from various programs to be able to meet the needs of each and every student. It's a matter of supporting them, supporting every person to understand their students first and foremost, and then make determinations in regards to which of these programs are going to help support what each of my students need. And so an accomplishment-driven leader who knows what the strategic vision is and it knows and has a plan, right? A very detailed plan on how to get there, looks at programs differently mm-hmm. 
looks at programs differently than someone who's just trying to respond to a deficit, right? Because there's a lot more thinking, there's a lot more questioning, there's a lot more commitment to a particular program because they recognize this accomplishment-driven leader says this tool, and a program is just that, it's a tool, this tool is part of the way that we get there, right? It's and the strategy of connecting that tool inside of what is ours, period. This is where we're going. Yeah, totally agree. That's where I was going to grant toolbox and strategically used, right? It's yeah. one piece. And so then, so then people on the team understand what that tool is why that tool, why we're using that tool, how that tool is going to help us, right? How it's going to be a, a useful tool and how it's part of a bigger picture, a bigger mm -hmm. picture than just simply, hey, let's grab onto that, <laughs> right? Purchase, problem solve, done. This Watch visual that. of that game, that whack-a-mole, <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah. this program. What's yeah. it going to be? It's going to bounce up over here, 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 here. Um, it's that strategicness that yeah. is so vital. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's a commitment. It's a commitment to that particular tool or set of tools that, that are going to get us where we want to go. So we don't try it for 12 minutes and throw it out because we've already done a lot of thinking around when we, when we came up with this decision that this tool was going to be part of our game plan, right? We've already made, we, we already know, we already know why we're using it, why we've chosen it, how we're going to use it, how it's going to get us where we want to go. So the commitment has already been made to that tool. And I wouldn't share as an accomplishment driven leader, I wouldn't share a tool with my team that I'm not deeply committed to, that I don't want them to, to invest the time in to figure out how to, you know, so that we can learn how to use it in the very best way. And then, you know, I'm not going to yank it out of their hands 12 minutes later because, you know, that kills, right? That kills discretionary effort. Yeah, there's a, there's so a huge relationship between captainship, realization, and programs that we might choose to bring in, right? Go ahead, Penny. You were going to say something. I was just going to say, because I have, by the time I uh, I present this or I roll this out to my team, I have absolutely unpacked it. I understand it. I can at least partner 50-50 side by side in presenting and demonstrating and supporting the use of this tool. And I have chosen the timing uh, with great, great strategy, great thinking around where are my people? How are we operating right now? What's working? What isn't working? And how does this fit in where? Um, it's not thrown in. It's not thrown at. So, And that also means that it's an accomplishment-driven leader when um, program ideas are brought to me <laughs> or, you know, presented in a way either at that local level, you know, from our so local support systems at the state level. If you, you 
will pay for it. Here you go. And being able to say, this doesn't fit. This doesn't align to our strategic vision, our strategic plan. It will uh, disrupt. It will take us down a different road and that doesn't align to our destination. And so being able to, and that, that comes with some um, some bumps and bruises because often, again, at the local level of support or at the state level of support, um, they 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 want to make those decisions for for districts, at least in our our um, our area. And knowing that as a local leader, as an accomplishment driven leader, you're entrusted with that district with other people's children. And with that strategic vision, you're able to say, no, thank you. No, thank you. But here's how I can use your support. Here's what we are doing. We would love to have you come support us, but it's with the program or whatever that might be that we've already determined aligns with the work that we're doing. So I, you know, um, one of my, one of my clients somewhere in this great nation um you know has a has a very strong strategic plan with three primary goals right that that they are spending you know multiple years on because they're the right goals right he's they're studying to be accomplishment driven leaders and they were approached i mean exactly what kathy talked about they were approached by a local entity that said hey everybody else in the area is doing this you know you you need to do this too and you know blah 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 there was the, there was the pitch right here here it is and and we had that conversation and he was and his question was this doesn't align to my three goals it's not going to help me get there it's going to disrupt the work that we're already doing. And he goes, he goes, what's my response? I said, did you just listen to what you said? <laughs> right. Just listen to yourself. This is what you just said. So I'm not going to tell you what, 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 what the answer is. And he goes, I just did. And I said, of yep. course you did. <laughs> of course you did for all the right reasons. And, and that conversation, that was a huge shock to that entity because they were like, what? Mm -hmm. You don't want to do, you're, you're not going to do blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't even remember what it was. You're not going to do Everybody else it. is doing it. Yeah. How are and you going like, to participate? No, no, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help me at all. It's going to distract. It's going to distract my teachers from the work that I have spent the last two and a half years working on. So no, no, we're not doing that. And no, I'm not bringing that in, in here. But, but that requires, I mean, think about it. There's that other, there's that other um, arena that required a significant amount of poise. poise. Amen. <laughs> the courage. Yeah, we're, poise. Yeah, we're gatekeepers, it. right? Accomplishment yes. driven leaders are gatekeepers to say, no, yes. you know, I'm the gates closed. Not Maybe later, right? Maybe later. But if you, here's what we are doing. And if you want to come alongside yeah. us and support that as our local entity, right. we invite you to do so. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's Absolutely. the type of help we do need. And we can define that very well. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, we need, you know, obviously we're encouraging people to think about these issues, right. As in this particular episode and say, Hey, you know, how can we, how can we use 
the arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership to help us look at, you know, to help us look at how we are making decisions around deficits first, you know, maybe stop looking at all the deficits and think about a strategic way of moving your organization forward to solve problems. And the knee-jerk reaction isn't going to get you. It really isn't going to get you where you want to go. Last thoughts, final thoughts in this episode, my dear colleagues and friends. It's inspiring. I hope it is to everyone who's listening that the support's out there, but that way of thinking, which I just trust um, has been triggered by this conversation in a lot of people, um, you're not alone in that. You're right. You're right. Your gut's telling you that wasn't the route to go and you're spot on correct. So um, I think that inspiration is um, an important thing to lift today. Yeah. And wherever you are within your district, within your organization, you don't be af- don't be afraid to ask those questions around, well, how does this align to, to our goals, to our strategic vision, to be that that voice in or voices within a district that helps in many circumstances adjust our thinking to understanding that a program is a tool in a toolbox to be able to support us in ensuring that we're meeting the needs of each and every student so that we can continue on our destination to our strategic vision. And there it is. There's the mic drop. There it is. Thank you for joining us in the wheelhouse. We'll see you in the next episode. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 6 drop every Tuesday beginning November 14th and running through the end of January 2024. Throughout the holidays, we'll take a break here and there. After all, we got to go help Santa. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd just like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon and, of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, https colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. We got this.